Hello, welcome back to OP is OP, the podcast where we go through the One Piece manga front to back. I, as always, am Jacob, the super rookie of One Piece, joined by my co-host, the super veteran, Justin. Yo, yo, yo. Today, we are discussing the post-Marineford arc, also known as the final arc in the first, I guess, not really half, but section of One Piece, covering chapters 581 to 597. And a quick forewarning for anyone who has not read or watched this arc, you probably want to do so before listening to this, because we're going to spoil absolutely everything. Everything. <laughs> oh, man. it's It starts off just right away of, like, the state of the world right now after the, the Great Paramount War. I think that's what they're calling it, right? Yeah, they've called it... so. The War of the Best has been called, it's been called the Marine Ford War, it's been called the Whitebeard War, and it's been called the Paramount War. <laughs> like, that's everyone about, all over the world is just hyping it up, basically, is what it seems like. And that's always about right. Whenever a war just starts or finishes, people are always, like, scattered to be, like, the first one to tag a great name to be coined for history. Like, there was, right. like, World War One. there was the Great War, the War to End All Wars, like, all those names, for example. So it makes sense that everyone's coming up with different names. But what I loved was... Um, again, like the, that's the change to the status quo. They'll say it again later in the arc, but just from the few panels, you could see the world's reaction where Navy men are celebrating, but also, uh, new pirates are celebrating because it's reinvigorating the pirate age when Whitebeard's, you know, confirming White Peace, oh, White Peace, One Piece exists. <laughs> <laughs> the, the other, the other, uh, unknown treasure. Um, the One Piece does exist. So all the new pirates are like, reinvigorated to go out there but the super rookies are a bit cautious because they have a better understanding of like there's a power vacuum and blackbeard is taking advantage of it it's gonna be incredibly yeah. dangerous going forward but there's some that are really excited regardless like they're both right they're scared and excited for what's to come and just yeah it was a great reaction to the world's of uh, reactions going on we also yeah. get a little tease to one of the super rookies bonnie um the one who eats a lot she was saying that it's all his fault and was out to set him set to find him is she referencing shanks or is this some other character Raffo. that may or may not Raffo, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> all right all right that tells me enough yeah 100 percent. you gotta keep reading yeah, yeah okay that is a, a tantalizing little you know something there that's hanging mm-hmm. and i was gonna say i agree with you just in general uh about the just the whole aura like hanging over the world as we're like flashing around in this initial segment showing mm-hmm. us how turbulent it's going to be. And the kid says like, oh man, this next new age is going to be crazy. And Beige mm-hmm. is like, oh man, it's, the world's about to be a bloodbath. You know, like all the supernovas are kind of reacting. and All of the old white beard territory is just being taken over right away by wannabes or copycats. Brown or just, beard. Yeah. yeah, brown beard. Yeah. <laughs> Not to mention, yeah, like I mentioned Blackbeard as well, moving in because he knows the territory front to back. So again, it like you would mention, it's a bloodbath of a just like power, power grabbing. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, I mean, it really, it's really setting up for like, you know, for things to be changing and a lot of big stuff to start happening in the story like soon. And that's very exciting. Mm, I wonder how long it would take for things to probably settle down. Who knows? But <laughs> the biggest, the biggest emphasis that they showed was Impel Down. Well, they didn't show it. They mentioned it was Impel Down and how level six is just completely loose and open. All the world's worst criminals that were captured. And the worst part was that Blackbeard freed them all and did like a Joker from the Dark Knight movie where it's like, I only got room in my my room for four of you, but you all kill each other off and I'll take the four strongest or whatever, right? The leftovers. The last four standing. Yeah, the last four. And all the ones that are mentioned by name 
um, last arc. I don't have them written down again. And we actually did get confirmation that there were a few more survivors as well, right? Exactly. Level six incident that that escaped. Yeah. So basically, level six is pure anarchy at this point. Do not go beyond uh, level five. But I like to think that even level five and above are in chaos too, because they mentioned how uh, Magellan and all the prison guards are basically like out of commission. They're done. Or at least you're out, you know, they're knocked out. So yeah, they were they were they especially clear on who kicked Magellan's ass? Uh, they didn't say who, but I can imagine it was uh, what's his name of the Rain, the the former prison guard. Uh, sure, sure, you, yeah, sure you. I imagine it was him, but just because if you know, just good for storytelling reasons. But Ugeko yeah. Moria. I don't think... Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, That's another, like, news that... Little tips and little... Oh, yeah. This was... I was... Yeah, this I was happy about this. Because even I was going... Moria's not the... Like, he's situationally strong <laughs> if he's on home yeah. advantage. But he's... He doesn't look great. He actually isn't that strong. He didn't help that much last arc. It wasn't a mistake that he was, like, the first to try and pitch in, but didn't pitch in. Doflamingle, again, this warlord that we haven't seen fully in action yet has the Kuma bots with them, the Kuma Terminators, and they're just like, oh, you're too weak, and I'm I'm assuming he's killed off. They don't show it, so he might just be captured, but either way, he's not a warlord at this point, not officially, because Doflamingo is basically running the shtick now of all the warlords. Well, and we did learn that uh, at the, towards the end of this, the newspaper did say that Moria is dead, right? Oh, they did say? was like reading it and crying, remember? Uh, okay. Um, if that's the case, then that might just be False yeah, because Nihok would say, he's like, mm, like, he wasn't dead last time I saw him, but she's yeah. like, then why would they put it in the paper that he died? He's like, uh. <laughs> yeah, usually when it's a big character like that, usually they'll show it on screen if it's serious, usually. So I'm still going to say he's probably alive somewhere off screen, but like in critical condition. I mm. would say he's an impel down, but <laughs> well. Yeah, prob- probably, I don't know. Not, <laughs> probably not, actually. Probably not. in the current situation. Probably yeah. not. Maybe Doflamingo has his own, like, constabulary that he took him to. Who knows? Um... If we see him again, I won't be too eager. Like I said, he's he's my least favorite warlord. He's not as bad as Mr. Three, but, you know, when I saw that scene, I'm like, hey, I'm on the same page as the Flamingo. <laughs> he's not right. that great. Um, but let's get to the more serious bits where we go to Amazon Lily, right? And we see uh, the rookie, Trafalgar Law. He treats uh, all the people who are wounded. The prisoners that were with Buggy, they go off to... Uh, Kamabaku Queendom, so they don't, they don't join the island, they're off on their own. But the main important bit is they're waiting for Luffy to recover. They're just waiting for him to get better. And he, eventually when he does wake up, he has the breakdown that I wanted to see since after Sabote, right? So this is like all the stacked effects of like, the crew's gone, I also lost my brother, he died. So we're literally seeing him grieving in the worst way possible, where he's just screaming it's like it's more like a mental breakdown than Mm -hmm. just normal grief like he's just at the the end of his rope really the the first stages of one yeah so when we right when he has this breakdown as he's mourning we get this flashback uh i think you called it the great terminal mini arc i guess the great terminal Uh, flashback the great terminal yeah and it makes yeah so we get an extension of i actually so i think we'll I think it's safe to say that... Let's be real. Not that much happens in this, like, on a micro level, right? Not on a micro level, no. And I'm gonna gonna also preface that I have no idea what is micro or macro. I just assume (laughs) correctly. And that's the truth. So, I just mean on a little, like, 
this happens, this happens, and this happens level. Not that much, right? The, the grammar Nazis will correct us on that. Yeah. Um, but, but you know what we're talking so, about. You know what we're talking so about. So, like, let's, let's, let's go, we'll go over a real. What we learn in this is how Ace and Luffy met, and we also mm-hmm. learn that, as some people speculated, due to that third sha- Sake's cup shadow, shadow the there panel. was, in fact, a third brother who's Sabo. named Sabo, or maybe Sabo. I don't know how they pronounce it in English. I, I think it's supposed to be Sabo. But Probably Sabo. We learn how they meet, they all kind of, you know, come together, and then, but I mean, at the end of the day, to me, this is really more, just more icing on the cake as to why we really, really hate Celestial Dragons. Yes. I was going to say, the two things I wrote down that were important, I think the three things that were important to this flashback were, you know, Sabo exists, and let's be honest, he's not dead. They they show at the end of the flashback that he was trying to sail away, and he was uh, shot by a passing Navy officer or Celestial Dragons, and it's like... No, he's totally alive. He's totally alive. There's even a pre-chapter <laughs> yeah. art that I sent you the other day that was, look at Luffy, Ace, and this uh, a mysterious figure with Sabo's hat all grown up. And I'm just like, <laughs> oh, yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> yeah, Complete mystery of who that character is. So Sabo's a lot totally of people, alive. I'll say, at this time, were spe- obviously assuming the same thing, right? Like, okay, well, he's you know clearly not dead. But then the mm-hmm. question becomes, where was he at Marineford? Oh, I got the answer. I got my prediction right here. This is this is my oh, prediction. Oh, let's hear it. Let's hear it. I'm because right. w- the one character that... before, Okay, so the major, I guess, the quote-unquote conflict that was going on in this uh, flashback sequence was Celestial Dragons, or being Celestial Dragons, shocker, they have this section of their version of bossing say, where they have, like, you know, the nobles in the center, they have the middle mm-hmm. class walled in out- outside of that, but then after the middle class, they just have Trash Mountain. They have Grey Terminal. It's just piles of garbage and trash. It's the poor, those in poverty, people that you ignore if you're higher up. And they decide, oh, we're just going to burn everything. Yeah, that's how we fix everything. We just discard it, burn it all away. And there's a moment where Sabo is, like, trying to run and flee. She's trying to warn Luffy and Ace because they get separated at some point. Uh, Well, back to his family because it turns out he's a rich guy. Well, sorry, he's part of a rich family. Sorry. Right, he was, uh, like say former noble or he's a noble by blood but not yeah. by he, know, he's a kid yeah for his age he's woke <laughs> basically oh yeah because <laughs> he understands that his family is a bunch of cunts and they're just I like think he's like one of the most woke people in the world honestly already <laughs> at that age. point like he's like man this whole city is the smack reeks with the smell of rotten people i was like oh luffy luffy Luffy, Ace, if you lived in my house, you'd be wondering, what's the, all that shit I smell? Green yeah. candles over there. And it's like, yeah. it's my family kissing ass all the time. Holy shit. Yeah, but, like, he, he was real spitting, and he really uh, he really endeared himself to me, like, in uh, that absolutely. short little section where he was. Like, I really like Kid Sabo. Yeah, he looked like a snot-nosed brat, but he ended up being like, well, he's our snot-nosed brat. Um, <laughs> oh, sorry, I keep getting distracted, sorry. So the main thing is, when he's trying to warn Luffy and Ace... He runs into a shadow cloaked figure, dragon, and yeah. he goes, Yeah, and he goes, that you know, like this is like such chaos, and they're trying to burn all the people, I need to warn people. And then Dragon sees that, you know, most of these nobles are, you know, responsible for this horrific crimes, but we have this one person, right? So my my theory is because Dragon did leave before, you know, the boat burned and everything. His boat burned. So I'm guessing he picked him up on the side. Like maybe he was like drifting on like a piece of plank that was floating from his ship horribly injured and there comes in dragon's boat picks him up treats him and now sabo is a part of the revolutionary army 
Who knows? Mm-hmm. Okay, I like that. But I like that. That's my, that's let's, my, that's let's my talk theory. about that real quick too. Just mm-hmm. the revolutionaries in general, because I think here definitively one hundred percent we now we know Kuma see. was at some point a revolutionary. He's in this. It's Kuma, Ivankov, and Dragon are all here at this time in the Goa Kingdom. Which yeah, is, you that, know, where <laughs> that that actually, I when you just said that, I imagined that Kuma's new title being Kuma the Dragon, and I'm like, you know what? That's actually a really good name too. <laughs> Kuma God, the Tyrant Ty- is just too cool, though. Kuma the Con Even though I guess it is <laughs> it is ironic at the end of the day, right? Because he he's presumably anti tyranny. Like, yeah, it's part of this cover. Yeah. It's part of this cover. Um. Oh, I was gonna say, like, yeah. So Kuma, we find out later after the flashback that we get confirmation that Kuma is actually an officer or leader of the revolutionary army. He's an insider, a double agent, or a spy. Sorry, he's a spy. Sorry, not a double agent. Yeah. Or he could be a double agent and for the government. Hmm. I, I anyway, think we we see pretty assuredly that he's not. Because, like, we also, yeah. like, towards the end here, we see, like, he did intentionally save the Straw Hats. Like, he talks to Rayleigh, and he's like, hey, I'm actually with the revolutionaries. This guy is my boss's son, and I'm going to save him and his crew. I need you to let me save them. And Rayleigh was yeah. like, oh, okay, I guess so. You know, I guess I'll yeah. let him do that. And it did happen. He did save them all. And then, suspiciously, a little bit later, kind of just jumping around here, we also see his... We see the real Kuma holding the Bible appear at the Thousand Again. Sunny. yep. <laughs> which is interesting. Very yeah, talk, talking to Matriarch Shaki, the bartender, of, like you know, or he's about to anyway, and she's like, "You're on our side, right?" And it's left to be ambiguous. Keep you wondering. Yeah, and like, we we want to give a, a shout out as well to the the Rosie Life Riders. <laughs> oh, absolutely, still <laughs> doing their really, job. He really did a one eighty <laughs> on me like faster than any character. Well, I guess not ne- not really because I never really hated him. You know, I thought he was funny initially, yeah, like the character whole looking first. like Sanji joke. But towards the end of this, I'm just like, man, what a bro! You know, like what a bro. Yeah, he's a narcissist, but he's our narcissist. <laughs> he loves himself, but not to the detriment of others. Not anymore, anyway. Um, yeah, so uh, we now we know we're getting a time skip, right? We're mm-hmm. coming into this. Because he said, uh, Rayleigh says he needs to train Luffy, and they're going to protect the ship. So we're kind of like tying up all of our loose ends, right? Like Shocky, Rosie Life Rider protecting the ship. Uh, potentially, maybe, I mean, maybe Kuma's going to hide it or send it away somewhere. I don't know. That could that's be a, thing. that's actually yeah that's actually what I was thinking personally where he's like maybe I can actually hide how it cool myself. would it be if just like if it just like circles the world for two years you know <laughs> crazy yeah he like like Kuma, the real Kuma is just slapping the boat <laughs> like every other month yeah. or something that like, can teleport to a different spot or like as soon as the navy shows up he just it just pops it somewhere else but um shoot what was I gonna say real quick because I know we're jumping to Rayleigh I wanted to mention oh so. Real quick, the last thing I want to mention about that flashback sequence is before we knew that Revolutionary Army was against the world government, but we didn't know what exactly they wanted, which I thought was pretty important, right? Where it's like, okay, revolutionaries, what do you want? And it's like, we want to be authoritarian in our own way. And they're like, I don't want to roof you guys. But we kind right. of get... Yeah, we, it, yeah. so it's, yeah, cause you don't want to be like, yeah, I'm against what the current establishment is, but who am I supporting or who am I in favor of? And we get a little bit here, which is like, okay, this sounds more in my favor. It's one line, but Dragon establishes this where uh, the Kingdom of Gabo. A really good line, yeah. Yeah. Is the Goa. future. Yeah, is Goa? Yeah, O A, not A O. Goa. I thought there was a B in there. Gabo? I thought there was a B. <laughs> no, it's just Goa. <laughs> God damn it. Okay, whatever. Goa is a better name. Um, the. The Kingdom of Goa is the future of the world in miniature. A world where unwanted things are discarded can never truly be happy. So I'm like, okay, he's talking about for the people, for the poor. Okay, okay, okay. 
Okay, you're you're winning me a little bit, Dragon. You're winning me a little bit. You're still looking yeah. a little mysterious and creepy. It's suspicious, but okay. <laughs> Honestly, Dragon, like he just commands every time he's on panel. You know, he commands the chapter every time he it's appears. Har- it's hard to believe he's Luffy's dad. They actually look nothing alike. I'm actually looking at because before I would say Ace I'm, looks like an older he looks version. more like his mom, right? And so which possibly, I mean, but we, we don't kinda, know. We saw his pseudo mom, but we have not seen his birth mom. Yeah, so we haven't seen his birth mom. That's what I was wondering. What was you saying? I was just going to say, I also really love the dad so much. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the the adoptive mother that Garp just left him with. Uh, a mm. bandit who's like, Ah, you little runts, you get out of here. But then at the end of the day, she's like, Ah, you're my little runts, get out of here. At the end of it, she's mom, you know? And I think like even Luffy and Ace both felt similar. A and, little oh, bit, like, yeah. I, it was so painful Like at the end watching when... Uh, Garp pulls back up into Windmill Village. In the present day. In the present day. Because, yeah, yeah he, he comes back because he said, oh, I'm going to make sure this place is protected. So he's like, you know, puts a sign, this place is protected by, by Samuel yeah. Garp. And Donon just but, straight up just but docks him in the face. <laughs> just docks him in the face. I going, to the, the first time. I was like, woo! Let's go! You, you little shit! What happened to Ace? You didn't protect him. Sorry, I imagine that voice for a person as I, I think that, that's Donna. pretty spot on. She, you know, smoke. She clearly has like a smoker, like a rough, yep. a gruff smoker's voice. I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Shaki already is it. Shaki, the bartender in Sabote. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because so Shaki, like I said, already has the the matriarch voice from Mass Effect in my head. So, which is a, a more elegant smoker voice, smoker voice. And then Dada is just at your turn table, like what? Like the, the old lady yeah. from SpongeBob. <laughs> what do you say? <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> kind of I just think Dada's showing in this was really great. Like when she comes, she saves him at the end from the pirates. She's she's just she wonderful, and, man. Like for Ace, someone that didn't yeah. even want these kids to fully coming around to being like their surrogate mother was. It was a really good little, like, what, six, seven chapter arc for, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so at the end of the day, I think we can wrap up the uh, flashback here, is it was a nice flashback sequence. I did enjoy it. I felt like it I wasn't say one needed. one more thing. Okay. Just in reference to what I was saying last week about Ace, Luffy, and Shanks. Yeah. I thought there was even more evidence for that here. Yeah, I saw that too, I, actually. I usually just consider this my headcanon, because I've literally, like, I've maybe seen one other person ever, like, talk about this, like, in a forum post or something, but... Uh-huh. Maybe a couple more. You know, it's been a long time. Maybe. I might have seen <laughs> a few people mention it. Or it's it's been 20-plus years. It's not a very common theory that the... Or, I guess, headcanon, Belief. again, yeah, about the ace and not learning that lesson from Shanks, which did cause him to die and i think it, mm. it kind of actually cements it here really well because he's you know he's like i'm not gonna run away i'm never gonna run away yeah or like i'm just gonna fight whenever a fight is presented to me whereas that lesson that you know luffy learned was that i don't have to do that like yeah. and we see it most directly when after the whole debacle where like ace finally accepts luffy right yeah he's like what are you doing like why do you want to be my friend so bad i spit in your face like, that's the ultimate, you should never be able to forgive me thing. Two ace, right? Mm-hmm. And Luffy literally has that flashback to Shanks. He's like, I forgave you for that already. So it's cool. Mm-hmm. And, you Absolutely. know, just throwing that out there. <laughs> this And the scene I was actually thinking that you were going to quote precisely was at the uh, post-flashback, we have the a little funeral service scene with p- the Whitebeard Pirates and Shanks. And yeah. he's thinking of Luffy because he knows he's going through a bunch of grief right now. And here, like, yeah, what Ace did was what Roger would totally do, right? He has the bloodline of his father. But mm-hmm. Luffy, you don't have to do that. What You can grow from this pain of loss, right? It's better to cry it out, better to let all your emotions out, but 
you better overcome it. Don't bottle it in, right? So I felt like, again, like, that was a reinforcement of what you were saying as well, where it's like, yeah, Luffy is more along the, the mindset of Shanks rather than the mindset of Ace and Roger and Whitebeard. So yeah. they reinforced that as well. That's why I actually wrote that down as well. And um, I did also just, I enjoy Ace's consistency, like, a lot. Because pretty much every time we've seen him get into a, like a do or die situation, he does always choose to stand and fight. Right? We saw yeah, that he, he, in he the always flashback. Has the mentality. <laughs> like when he first met Whitebeard, he he cuts his own crew off with his fire. Yep. Says like, "You guys got to get out of here. Like I'll I'll try and hold them off." And then the I'll same thing them. again at Marine Ford. <laughs> same thing when he was a kid. So I do mm-hmm. appreciate that. That that is that he's very consistent as a written character, and that his flaw was acknowledged in the end. Yeah. As as little as screen time as he actually has in this whole uh 580 chapters we've read so far he did leave a very lasting impression not just because he looks like a very attractive version of luffy he's consistently (laughs) still like a popular very very popular i could definitely see that too i could definitely see that um what i do like though about so what i mentioned earlier was like it was a great flashback sequence but i don't feel like it was completely needed i felt like the little pieces that we got at rainfall were good enough for me personally but I'm not going to complain about this. It was well done. We got more evidence of, like, you know, we got Sabo, P- Sabo call-outs. Yeah, like, I almost wonder if this just might have fit better in the very, very beginning of One Piece. But, I, I you know, I don't know. I can't say. I, I, I don't say hate, no. I don't dislike it here, is what I'll say. But I, I yeah. wonder, in retrospect, you know, hindsight being 2020, if you could have put it earlier and it would have still worked or worked even better. Uh, if you're talking about structure, at first, when the flashback did start, I didn't like it at first, because I'm like, no, go back to Luffy, like, go back to, like, him mourning, right? What's this flashback mm-hmm. got to do with it? But what I do like is that the flashback does connect a little bit with the mindset with a couple of lines, where it was before the big climax happens within the flashback, where Ace and Sabo are like, like, little runt little kid, why are you constantly chasing us? And Luffy says the lines, because I have no one else. Right, and that immediately went, yeah. I got nobody else, and immediately I'm like, ah, I know where this is going, right? Yeah, yeah, and then that was also at, a thing. Yep, and at the very end of the flashback, we get that tragic farewell between Ace and Luffy, where Ace goes off to leave first, and then Luffy. We almost get like a different perspective of like the end of the fir- very, very first chapter or arc yeah. with Luffy, and I, I really did dug that. But then Luffy's very happy, where he's like, all right, I got strong. I'm gonna prove to Ace I got a lot stronger. I'm gonna catch up to him. And then the hard transition back to reality of him bandaged up going like, I am so weak. And I'm like, all right, I see what I see the transitions here. All right. So at first I didn't like the implementation of the flashback where I was hoping for more mourning, but what it did was set up for this part to hit a lot harder. Right. right it was right, a setup right. for this panel. And eventually uh, Luffy's temporary rage where he's just so lost with grief and Jimbei sees it right away. Like, again, this warlord that seems like he's the cool warlord of them all, the fish man. And yeah. he seems to understand people a lot better than the average warlord, you know. Where he is straight up like, Luffy, if you attack me, I'm going to bring you down. You're too weak right now. You're too hurt. Again, just adding more fuel to Luffy's rage right now where he's just bashing everything. He tries to go for a punch on Jimbei. Jimbei just slams him into the ground, pins him against the rock. And he's just... Goes on a whole speech about right now you're going through a bunch of loss right now and I can't even gonna I'm not even gonna pretend to understand that pain, but and this is the direct quote: try to remember what you still have. Transition that well, and then you know, and I, I got that process of like transition that 
guilt you have back into your passion that you once had. And he looks with his hands. They're shaky. Still, and he gets, you know, he gets back to being his usual emotional state, not this anger state where, again, you get those dark lines that I like to mention over the eyes of the characters. And you get that great two-panel shot of, I have my crew. He's not yeah. alone. He is not alone just yet. He might have lost a brother that he's known since a child, but he has a new family, and they're still alive. <laughs> so yeah. now MVP you got that of this priority. Short arc, Jim Bay. <laughs> Jim Bay. <laughs> Jim Bay, the, the warlord fishman that we're still quite unclear. How much ass could you kick if all the efforts were in your favor? Because <laughs> yeah. when you're on land, you're kicking a lot of ass. I cannot imagine when you're in the sea. Holy shit. Oh, um, in a naval battle, it must be a nightmare to have Jimbei on the other side. I wonder if we're ever going to see like an underwater fight between Jimbei and Arlong in a flashback just to see how different they are. Oh, that, would, that wouldn't be a fight. That's <laughs> that a one-shot. That's a one-shot <laughs> KO, dude. Yeah, Unless as much as Arlong love... has gotten way stronger. Yeah, Arlong as a villain is still one of my favorites, but pile level-wise, nah, nah. Yeah, yeah, just, I, I nah. still really like the whole Arlong arc and vibe, but he's, you know, he's not yeah. like a, a threat. Mm-hmm. So, I guess what I'm trying to say is, at the end of the day, that flashback is not quite precisely to flesh out Luffy's backstory, although it does do that. It's not exactly what I wanted, but what it did lead to was what I did want, which was Luffy's clarification with his goals, his mindset, right? Of Like, he is not alone in the world, he has his crew, he has his family. And plus, I just want the Straw Hats back, motherfucker, goddamn. <laughs> yeah. So, it was it was a great moment where... You know, like, yeah, that's what's important. That's what you, like, almost like a fourth wall message, too, where it's like, this is why you read this series, motherfucker. It's not to get to the end. It's with the crew. It's with the adventures. At least for me, anyway. Um, yeah, it is about the adventure. That's, like, one of the primary themes of One Piece is journey before destination. In short. Or, <laughs> or that uh, that one meme you, <laughs> you shared on Twitter. Where it's like this whole paragraph of like, oh, here's what each shonen is about. It's like one sentence uh, for each shonen. And then yeah. One Piece, it's like this whole like essay about what we've been talking about, like the celestial dragons and the ward government being a bunch yeah. of pieces of shit. So I'm just like, it could be that too. But I'll personally, I'm Twitter like... And catch all those sweet, sweet ones. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, so that was wonderful. But yeah, exactly. So we return to the modern day. Luffy it has the, his next goal, his next pathway. Uh, Rayleigh, you mentioned he does show up. Uh, he tells Luffy that I know you guys had a deal. Or Luffy tells him we had a deal to meet back in three days. We're still doing that deal. Rayleigh, by the way, he shows up. He looks like fucking Uncle Iroh in Avatar Lost Airbender. Just old dude, but yeah, he has like, no shirt. Like Ripped Iroh season three. Just glistening abs. And you're like, I could just grind some meat on them abs. Holy shit. <laughs> like, hot damn, Rayleigh, how old are you? <laughs> yeah, uh, this, this man swam through the calm belt. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. I was word I was gonna uh, forget about that. What? He just swam. <laughs> he just he just swam. He, you swam through the Grand Line, through the Calm Belt, through the crazy weather. Yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> it was a nice also, swim. I'm he. I don't think he was wearing a log pose. This guy must have an like ungodly sense of direction. Yeah. My, my new headcanon <laughs> is that somehow in some voodoo esque. Uh, ritual, he gained all of Zoro's, like, navigation sense as well, on top of his own, maybe a couple other people's, but that's, so that's just why, crazy. So that's why Zoro has no sense of direction, because at some point, Rayleigh just went to, like, Zoro's crib when he was a baby, just like, all your sense of direction is now mine. <laughs> and just yeah. compounds it. <laughs> yeah. Like, like it's like a, like a D&D. He can just swim to any island anywhere in the world. 
like a D and D like uh, stat chart where Ray- Rayleigh's stat is like beyond a hundred. Zoro's are like negative two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. So yeah. So Rayleigh tells us that yo Luffy, you need a training montage. You need to do something about that. Mm-hmm. And Time to tr- yeah, basically the same thing that Luffy just realized. Rayleigh yep. confirms like yeah, you are definitely too weak for the new world. But, but you're here pretty I am. darn close to this breakthrough. <laughs> You know, as I, I seem to notice, like that you're he he uh, he's witnessed his conqueror's hockey, I believe, in Shimonji, mm. right? Yeah, or at least his resistance uh, to Rayleigh's his resistance, own, which yes, is his re- something. Yeah, so he knows that he does have a strong uh, hockey. I don't know if I've explained this to you. It's like it's written with the kanji for will, like a willpower kind of usually. So there is like a relation, and he clearly Luffy has a strong will, like he's seen it. So he's like maybe there's some merit in training him. You know, like he sees I'd something ma- there. Yeah, I'd imagine that if you had the willpower, then it was because you had, uh, it's what they mentioned already back at Amazon, where it's like, oh, it's the hockey of the Supreme King. So, uh, and they imagine, they, because later at the end of this arc, um, Rayleigh does explain to us, the audience, of what the three types of hockey that we know so far are. And the rare type, the Supreme King, is, I guess, connected to what you said, where it's like, if it's just willpower, and if you can, can if you can master it, you have defense against other Supreme King hockey, and you can straight up just pressure people or animals into just submission, just yeah. from willpower alone. So this is the first type of hockey we ever saw, arguably, right? The the arguably. shanks scaring yeah. off the Lord of the Coast in Chapter One, like get the mm-hmm. hell out of my face, and it's like, all right, peace. <laughs> it, it'd be oh, that's right. I was gonna say it'd be great if we got. In that flashback, a callback to that scene, too. Then I realized, wait, no, Luffy was unconscious during that. That's for us, the reader. Um, right. But Luffy did. He's he, like, as soon as Rayleigh, like, said, like, explained all of the hockey abilities, he's like, man, I've been seeing this, like, my whole journey, basically, right? Like, I've yeah. seen this tons of times. Well, since we're on and this he's right. Tra- he has seen it quite a lot. <laughs> all right. You know what? I know we're jumping around, but since we're on this path, let's let's just talk about the other two hockey while we're here. Um, because we already opened up that can of worms. So, right, Supreme so King, observation that's the hockey yeah. slash mantra. But yes, exactly the mantra that we saw at Skypea, where or even other fighters, where people are straight up just calling out the moves before they happen, and it's like, yeah, you're using the hockey to predict the world around you. Almost, it's literally the fucking force for fuck's sake, <laughs> where you master the way of like you can almost kind of predict like the small pieces of the future that uh. help you move and dodge and weave, but it allows you to see the world in a different way, right? It's way it's almost described spiritually. It's almost like Rayleigh is like being the Yoda of this. And Empire Strikes yeah. Back Hero's journey that we're going through here. Um, which is very, you know, self-explanatory. Of course, he's does, he shows off in a very cool guy way where there's a, a giant animal, like, charging at him. It's like a giant elephant or rhino. I forget what it was. But he, like, just knows it's coming. He just dodges right without even looking because he just has, like, this... I hate to fucking say this, but if we're making shonen comparisons. Is this, like, the um, Byakugan from Naruto where you can just see everything in a different way? Uh, I I think or the like way my gun. head canon of it is is that it's more like <laughs> Daredevil, right? I guess like so. You yeah, can vibrations. sense how everything's moving, and you have an idea for where it all is around you. Right? Or you know what? It's neither of those. It's more like a spiritual sense. That's, that's what I'm gonna go with. Kind of, yeah, yeah. Because Daredevil is based on vibrations, or like you know, toffs in Avatar: Lost Airbender. That's just like the kind of effect that I imagine it having, but a spirit version of that. Yeah. To, like, oh, are you talking version. about like? Are you talking about the the horrible live action Daredevil movie where it actually did, actually like, yeah yeah kind yeah. of yeah actually so that's what I'm talking about yeah yeah like, so for those 
Yeah, so for those of the younger audiences, there's a horrible live-action Daredevil movie that came out before, way before the Netflix live-action series. Though one of the few good parts of that show was a cool interpretation of how Daredevil saw things. And why, like, things like rain helped him out see, and why things like bells were horrible for him. Because he literally sees based off vibration. So he just sees everything, like, in black and dark blues. And vibrations of sounds illuminate the room that he's in. So it's kind of like, so the what Justin and it was uh, here, it just had a like really that. a really pleasing visual effect too, and that's that's kind of what I've always defaulted to as my my opinion of how it would you know of how observation mm-hmm. hockey kind of feels quote unquote. But it's one of those examples where it's a cool idea, but in a very shitty movie. <laughs> I don't recommend watching that movie for younger people. It, right. it did oh, not yeah, age no, well, no, even no, back then. It wasn't no. good. <laughs> um, but yeah, so and I can definitely so see that armament hockey. Yes. Oh, the, okay. Okay. Armament. Okay. Because in the version I read, it was color of arms, but close enough. Um, uh, but yeah, it makes yeah. more sense. Armament. It's armor that you can actually change to be offensive. So you can do your force push if you can master it. Um, and this is basically the more important thing for me was not the fact that it's armor, but that you can use it offensively. And it's a hard counter to the, am I saying this right? The Logia, the devil fruit users, the Logia types. You know, I've, I've always said, Logia, or I said Logia for like my first 15 years watching this, but I'm almost sure now that it's Logia. Logia? Okay. Yeah. But those are the types of fruit users that are like energetic, right? Or like, oh, I'm just going to be like just walking water or some shit. Kind of like, or like Crocodile, where he's just all sand. Ooh, you just Is open it... a can of worms. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> okay, let me explain. Because you know how water being devil fruit's weakness? So sorry, now, so sorry. That was a bad example. Type, that was a bad example. Yeah, no, but I'm just. Example. I want you to understand what you've done. <laughs> <laughs> so ever since Logias were introduced into the series, not immediately, right? I think Ace was the first one, or no, Smoker, not then Ace. Yeah, but so at some point around there, people were speculating that the ultimate, like devil fruit, is, is water. <laughs> the water, yeah, water fruit that can turn you into water, and also but therefore but- negating the weaknesses. But, but you see you know. here, that's, that would be fresh water. That wouldn't be seawater. You see. Right. Yeah, that's that's what people will say that, but it's a huge, huge can of worms and people still talk about it to this very day. So. Hey, when it, when it happens, it's going to be in Raftel. When it happens, <laughs> it's going to happen. Um, it could. I definitely... It very well could happen. Oh, yeah, which, I could definitely see that. I think too. that's why people are still talking about it. Yeah. But either way, the color of arms was the main one for me anyway, because like this is the hard counter to users like Aikainu to Okiji, like Luffy points it out too, right? Where it's like, this is the hard, this is my, this is the only way to have a hard counter against the admirals that are like way above in strength, right? Because they have these crazy powers that I just cannot brute force my way through. But if I can learn these techniques, I have additional options that are also hard counters to these. It's not a guarantee, but it can level the playing field. So that's what really points, like just lays it out of like, I'll be teaching you these three different types. We'll see which one you're best at. Right, because he's also it's is that kind of like Hunter Hunter, where it's like you're not the best of all three, but you can own in on one of these three types, right, and master that one, or you could be a jack uh, I don't of all think, trades. I think, yeah, I think, I think you kind of can be a, a maybe a jack of all trades, but I will not say that best. definitely it seems that everyone has a specialty. Yeah, that's what Rayleigh was pointing to, which I'm guessing Luffy might be Supreme King, because that's the of one that course. appears right, first. Right, you'd assume yeah. that he is, is going to be... Of course, and also, yeah, also the name, too, where it's like, Luffy, are you going to be the master of observation, of armament, or the Supreme King? And it's like, I think the narrative yeah. would say Supreme <laughs> King. He yes. wants to be the Pirate King. <laughs> so, 
And also questions it too, because if he's not directly related to, oh, never mind, it's my old theory that still stands, where the Will of D legacy probably goes way further back. Did I say that last episode where I think the Will of D legacy is actually connected to that lost kingdom that the government's trying to yeah, wipe away? I, I'm almost positive you said it at some point. I don't know yeah. if it was last episode or when. Yeah, because I was just gonna say, well, we learned that Luffy is not Roger's descendant. And I, and I realized, wait, we don't know of descendants. That's the key word. We don't yeah, know. Archer is not the dad. But they, they could like, still technically kinsman. be related yeah, in kinsman. some way. We don't yeah, know. A kinsman or a relative. So we that could definitely still be a possibility because the will of D, right? Is it something given to you by birth? Or, or, or it's possible that like they both share a common ancestor, right? Or something like that. Like with That's what I'm guessing. That's originated from like 900, yeah, 800 years ago or whenever the blank happened, right? The gap of history. Uh, that's what I'm talking about, like way back then. Yeah, right? yeah. Because how the celestial dragons are like all people related to like the royal families that created the government to wipe out that mysterious kingdom. Um, The will of D might be the family's related to the people of that lost kingdom and the government's doing everything they can to try and wipe away at it. Yeah. That's my so headcanon that right now, or my theory. Yeah. Just uh, I'm just popping back to, to Arm and Hockey. Can you think of any moments throughout the series that you see in this one? Besides, I mean, like, Rayleigh mm. kicking uh, Kizaru, which is pretty Yeah, recent, right? yeah, yeah. Where he's actually hard countering it. Um... <laughs> well, I was gonna say when Luffy was struck by lightning... It's Skypea, but I realized that that's probably just the rubber part, not the hockey. But maybe? But also, no. <laughs> yeah, that's, de- right. that's definitely rubber. <laughs> yeah, the hard defense. But, but I, um, I'll say uh, the one thing I just want to, like, where but we saw both types of hockey being used, and believe it or not, by a straw hat was an alabasta in Zoro versus Mr. One. Do you remember the end right, of that fight? because he went through the armor. He cut through it. Like... Not all, yeah, he used the armament hockey presumably to cut through the steel. And, and he was in the moment before that in a different lens. Exactly. He's like, oh, I don't know how, God. but I can tell that my swords are right underneath like these rocks. One sword okay. is here, one sword is there, and one sword is there. You know, so that bl- was his observation awakening. He's like, I can hear the sound of the steel breathing, right. like, et cetera, et cetera. So this is Oda's way of like slowly opening up because we also see later on in this arc where we established that, yeah, Kobe can hear voices because of hockey as well. That's observation. So he has a little bit of observation. You need to control it because right now it's going out of control. So maybe you could ask Garp to help you control that, uh, Kobe. So yeah. it's like, all right, so he has that going for him, which is he can just hear people at all times everywhere around him. That's a very scary power. Jesus. Um, so hopefully he controls that shit before yeah, he goes uh, I nuts. Heard, I, just, I like that. I thought it makes sense that like the one straw hat that is actively training like at all times basically you know to like become stronger is the one that would begin to tap into like both of those powers first yeah so i'm gonna have oh i have a little worry but i also have like some excitement where it's the worry is i worry that every character from now on will develop a hockey at some point or another because i do like the idea that only a few people have this and the other end it does look like oda is doing a good job of like Again, like teasing, we're like, okay, no, here are the hints early on that this character could have that. It's not going to come out of nowhere. Here's the hint that maybe this character might have it. Because you point out the Zoro thing, and I'm like, no, that makes perfect sense, right? Because that goes aligned with armament. That goes along with using the nature around you to like, cut through uh, Devil Fruit users. Or, you know, to counter them. So, yeah. now I'm curious, is Zoro going to be the only other straw hat with a potential hockey, or are there going to be more to come? But I also hope 
at the same time because I'm excited for that part, right? But I'm also hoping that it's not going to be every single straw hat, right? I hope that it's going to be the select few, right? Maybe like the powerhouses, like maybe Sanji, uh-huh. Robin, Frank, maybe Frankie, but not everyone. Maybe Nami because she deserves it. She's great. But <laughs> at the same time, that's, that's like personal reasons, right? Where I'm just like, well, she's great. Why not? But yeah. narratively, I don't know. It'd be it'd be pretty cool seeing Usopp with those uh, those Kuja arrows, you know. <laughs> but see, he doesn't need to actually master. It. They actually established that as long as someone out there knows how to transfer the power, he can just make them. So even if Usopp doesn't know how to use it, he can. Zoro can train himself to transfer that power and maybe make himself an armament so Usopp can use bullets or arrows with those. Oh, that's, an, that's an interesting theory. Yeah, very. Okay, I like so, that. I like that. I, so that's what I mean. Be be creative. Don't just have everyone with the Pocky power. Be a bit creative with it, right? So, best case scenario, like, a few or half of Straw Hats end up with hockey at some point. Not all of them. All of them just tells me power scaling. I'll say, like, uh, in general, as for your hockey concerns, it's it is Rap. usually reserved for uh, for top tiers, you know? That's very, what I'm hoping for. Very high, like, power people. Yeah, that's what I'm the hoping The anime for. is worse at that, unfortunately. Like, the, the anime mm. will just have random shots of, like, some random grunt marines using hockey, but... Yeah, so that's why I was worried about that, was because I'm hope- I'm not hoping for another Dragon Ball Z situation where it's like, oh, Super Saiyan at the end of this arc, and then by the end of this arc, every single character is a Super Saiyan. And it loses its charm, right? It loses its unique uh, prospects, its unique uh, yeah. flair to it. So, because as of right now, I'm like, okay, I didn't like hockey at first, but now I'm slowly growing to like it. But careful, right? This is dangerous yeah. territory. Because <laughs> I mentioned last episode of like my past feelings for Shonen not aging very well in my memory. But so far, this is doing a very fucking good job at 580 chapters in. Um, I think we've talked enough about Luffy. Uh, should we mention real quick about uh, his crew? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we did, we got to see all of their, I mean, we knew where mm. they all were, right? But we kind of get to see exactly like what each of them is going to be doing a little more specifically in this arc. Yeah, more fleshing. Yeah, fleshed out anyway. So if you weren't sure exactly where Zoro was, for example, in this arc, you now know for sure where that is. Um, oh, but geez. yeah, so basically... What happens was, I have a little bit of a question here. Like, it might be a complaint, but it might be funny at the same time, because it makes sense in-universe, too. Where Luffy shares the message to the Straw Hats. The best way is to use the media, right? So, I'm going to have Jimbei and Rayleigh with me. We're going to just go back to Tamarineford off-camera, by the way. Quote-unquote off-camera. And we're just going to do this crazy spectacle where I'm going to ring this legendary uh, Navy bell 16 times to signal eight for, uh, someone explains it, right? Eight rings for a good full year and eight more for a full second year. So, so that like tells me. Like in the, a good new year, yeah. Yeah. So immediately I'm going, oh, right away. Two years, right? All right. We're going to be back in two years. There's going to be a time skip. That's confirmed right there. I immediately knew when they explained it. That's two years right there. And then later on, <laughs> Zoro explains how he found out, which, by the way, I do love this. I went back. When all the, the Straw Hats are looking at the newspapers in their own way, they all get it right away, except for Zoro. And Zoro later on explains, oh, I know what he meant. Yeah, look at the tattoo on his arm. He crossed out the 3D and put a 2Y. Yeah, that, 3D, and 2Y. I, and so my headcanon was, 
at first, oh, sorry, not my headcount, sorry. My first instinct was, is this Oda, like, following an editor's advice and just explaining it to the kids out there what that meant? Because he didn't get it. But it made sense, because Zoro would be the one a little slower to understand Honestly, messages. I thought that was, uh, I kind of interpreted that as a joke, because yeah. Rayleigh mentioned after, like, yeah, I noticed that one of your crewmates wasn't very bright. Yep. <laughs> and then it comes to Zoro, like, I don't get it, you know, like, looking at it. So I yeah, think... I think maybe Rayleigh would have been like, let's put one more, you know? Yeah, one there. more hit. One more hit. <laughs> because I comp- I completely and immediately understood the the Oxbell message. Because the, yeah. the media was, like, very open about it. They took pictures. They loved it. Oh, this is going to make... This is going to cause a lot of drama. Because the Navy in this world, much like our world, blood sells. So we're just... Anything that causes drama or fear, we're going to take pictures because people are going to see this pirate and like making like this yeah. gesture to... A, we're like, going to showcase that the Navy failed to kill the son of the revolutionary dragon. You know? And look, like, and look he's just having a moment of silence. he walks right back into Marion Ford. Yeah, you know? like, yeah. A moment of silence in the middle of the Navy Capital HQ. Oh my god, we're so weak and vulnerable. Buy war bonds, buy war bonds, <laughs> buy war bonds. Or some shit like that. Right. But but yeah. it, all, it all fit like that. But either way, yeah. So the Straw Hats get the message, wait two years. But what I really do like is it gives you just enough to go, okay, so even if you're unsure how they're going to get out of where they are right now, two years first of getting better, right? And they range from like, okay, I understand, to holy shit, I didn't expect that. So starts off, right? Chopper. He's about to, he finds a bird, turns tail, turns back to Birdie Kingdom. Apparently they have a grand library. It turns out Chopper is, okay, so he's not, he's not racist. What I'm going to say is Chopper is, he's, he's just socially inept, right? He, it's very clear Mm. to his character, right? He has a little bit, he's a little experience where he goes, I didn't expect such primitive savages to have a library like this. And the next panel, the guy goes, Chopper, I don't want to break your momentum, but that was really rude. (laughs) Yeah, I thought that was great. He was like, uh, you know, you're talking out loud. No, it's kind of uncool, bro. All right. So Chopper is going to go through two years of being social capable and not be racist. <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, you what, can't believe him. He was raised in a castle, basically alone, only Dr. Pareja there yeah, by the 15 like, years or so. That, yeah, by what we established was a like very capitalist old lady that was, this, she's really good at her job, so he learned everything. And she also, her. like, she has a very sharp <laughs> tongue and she doesn't really pull any punches, right? Yeah, so, like, listen, I think it's, it's not that different... hard to believe that <laughs> Chopper is like this. Listen, she grew up in a time different times. <laughs> She grew up in horrible different times. Chopper learned from her. But basically, to be serious, sorry to go back to the serious part here, is he wants to learn to master his transformations, what I got out of, because he wants to learn to be stronger. And I think his words were to be the monster, but not to be like an uncontrollable Hulk, but to be like the smart Hulk, right? Intelligent Hulk, where I can control myself and I can be stronger and I can assist my straw hats. And what I also love too about these sequences is that each of them get like the reminders of like the like emotional climax of each of their arcs to remind you why they are so loyal to Luffy. And I didn't need this, but boy, did I fucking love it. We chopper. We got that moment back at drum Island where Luffy just goes, no, come with us. I don't care. Come with us. You want to get out here. I I think that my favorite of that was Brooks just because of the way I really liked the way he, he kind of put it into his own perspective, which we didn't really get in that initial meeting, you know? He was the best at displaying his loyalty in words. He was the best at it. Yeah, he's like, man, I was like wandering around 50 years of darkness and you were that light that appeared, you know, like just 
It was just poetic, and I really appreciated it. He's a musician. Of course he's going to be poetic, right. motherfucker. And, and it checks <laughs> and out. And then right away... Yeah, so gonna, I'll, I'll finish off with Brooke, too. So right away, he gets back to being positive, And right away, he's... You know what? I'm going to get stronger by coming up with new tunes, new buffs for my crew. Bone to be wild! Yeah. <laughs> to just rock it out for, like, to the kingdom that he's locked up in. So I'm like, all right, Brooke's going to get to a full rock star. All right, cool. Embrace the classic rock legend that he's supposed to not be, quote-unquote. Um... What's the what's another like small scale one? I guess Sanji is a bit smaller scale, but it could yeah. be big scale in the future. He's still on the uh the Kamabeka Kamakeka Kamabaka, yeah. Kamabaka Queendom. Yeah. Uh, Eva's back there and Eva tells him, you know there's a way to actually make video game buffs a reality, right? If I teach you attack cooking, right? These recipes where if you commit these meals for your crew, you'll give them perma buffs where they're actually stronger for a period of time. And Sanji goes, hell yeah, that sounds cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, as usual as well, Sanji's being misogynistic, but Eva calls him out on and be like, oh, you're so passionate, sure. But you know what, motherfucker? You're going to go on your quest, and all my people are going to put you in a dress. If you fail for even one second, <laughs> it'll be good for you. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, Eva, that would be good for him. <laughs> yeah. So I also like that goal. Eva just didn't believe that he was a straw hat. He's like, so here's Zoro, and here's Nami, and oh, this right. is you. He's like, this, no, that's not me in the picture. Yeah, it, but, yeah the flashback, yeah, the panels of like pure anger against Zoro, where it's like, oh, I hate that guy. Nami, pure, like, you know, Coomer fanboyism, where it's like, oh, simpiness, oh my god. And then, yeah, Sanji's panel, that's not me. No. <laughs> yeah. I did appreciate that. That was a little funny little tri- three triple panel. Um, the next step higher up, I want to say, would probably be Nami of importance. She wants to learn the prediction of, you know, the crazier weather in the new world. Makes sense, yeah. new world, crazier That's like, uh, that's boundaries. super essential, honestly. And, of course, we get those amazing panels back in Arlong Park where I ex- I expected this at least because it was in the series of events where we're getting the flashbacks. I'm like, I'm going to see Arlong Park again, aren't I? God damn it, I saw Arlong <laughs> Park again. <laughs> but in her way, of course, she's talking to the, the Weather Island people that are all like meteorologists. They're just like, yeah, because they're so stupid, they can't rely on me. But of course, she remembers those moments and it turns into, and that's why I need to help him, right? Instead of him helping her back at Arlong Park. She's got to return the favor and help him out. So, also teasing that maybe she's going to steal the weather ball because the meteorologists won't shut their fucking mouths, where it's like, this is the greatest invention of the entire island. This convenient ball that you can pick up and move, <laughs> and it could be a weapon of mass destruction in the right like hand. If the world got their hands on this, it would destroy the universe. <laughs> Sweet young Don't girl. Don't make it into a weapon. <laughs> Sweet young girl, why are you grinning at me like that? <laughs> so I'm like, okay, so she's totally going to steal that weather ball, but also be even smarter with what to expect, what to ex- uh, right. forecast. Because they did tease that there's one island that just rains literal lightning bolts. Like if Zeus was above them, it could be the guy Yeah, we got to see that, like, that the very, very last chapter, that little, you know, uh, preview of the new world. Yeah, really how crazy intriguing. it is. Yeah. Um... The next one I want to say is Usopp, where he gets that COVID weight. <laughs> he is oh, just yeah. stuck on the island, just gets that. Listen, Usopp is social distancing. He's quarantining. Don't judge his weight gain, okay? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but he establishes what I thought was actually a very nice personal note, where Usopp goes, 
like I saw Luffy as like this larger than life force of nature. Like, you know, again, that heroic, like romantic vision that he had of like the stories. But now I see that he is a developed character. He's a person and he needs me. He needs us to give him that moral support and help him wherever I can. So Usopp's going through like a Rocky montage. Yeah. So I wouldn't I be like surprised that if he comes back ripped. Because well. <laughs> Usopp kind of, uh, I think he expresses the idea that we always kind of knew, but at this point, what we should be expecting going forward, it's like, we don't just need to be like, we're not just a crew behind Luffy who will become the Pirate King. We need to become a Pirate King's crew. Exactly. Because he's nothing without his crew. Keeping up that, yeah. Keeping up in that messaging, absolutely. So, can't wait to see uh, the changes uh, they Usopp will go through. Because again, like he literally puts on COVID weight, so I'm imagining him like getting super fucking jacked, like Rocky stuff. Maybe not super jacked, but jacked more jacked. Anyway, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Right. So I think the next big one on the scale of importance is Frankie, yeah. where oh, he's yeah. on he's on Vegapunk's island, basically his laboratory. And ignoring the fact that he accidentally hits the wrong button and causes a huge nuclear explosion to happen on the island and blows up part of the lab. <laughs> because it had a pirate symbol, quote yeah. unquote, on him. He pulled a chopper where he saw the symbol and was like, that's a good thing, right? Click. Totally. <laughs> Ooh, pirate symbol. <laughs> that's a good thing, right? Where chopper, it was very tragic. And then Frankie, it's like, oh, Frankie. <laughs> um, and then... Am I am I the only one who noticed this? But Frankie like turns into blackface, where his face is blown off, and it's just ink. It's just ashes all over his face, and yeah. it's, it's just, just like, uh, Frankie, you might want to you might want to fix that first. You might want to get rid of that, Frankie. You can't do that. You can't do that, Frankie. Like, <laughs> even oh, the it's ash, it's fine. It's fine. It's, it's unintentional, but either way, I'm just like Oda was probably doing that to get a quick laugh. Um, but yeah, he puts on, like, a tiger, like, a rug tiger suit over him so he can cover his face. But his basic thing is, dude, he's at ground zero of, like, technology, of research. So, knowing Frankie, he's gonna give himself some good upgrades, and maybe even come back with some extra knowledge about how Devil Fruit works. So, oh my god, wouldn't it be crazy if he learned that same... It it wouldn't be that easy, right? Because Vegapunk would take the research with him. Or the government would burn any copies because they wouldn't want that research. I don't know. I'm brainstorming out loud. But basically, that's why I'm saying this is next on that important list. Because holy shit, Frankie could potentially be quite fucking important next arc with upgrades yeah. as well. Um, So that's great for Frankie. Uh, I want. I think I have two left. Yeah, so next is Robin. Yeah. So, not the most important one. Second most important on this craziness. Where Robin straight up joins the Revolutionary Army. She's rescued by the team. She's like, you know what? You guys aren't as, you know, as bloodthirsty or backstabbing as the other people I've been with for the last 20 years. And plus, I can trust Dragon because he's the father of Luffy. At least that's the mindset she has. So, she's gonna... Her way of getting stronger is... I will see the world through the eyes of Dragon. She goes to Baltigo. So I'm going. So Robin now has extra flames, more like to get into that train of taking of like exposing the government's lies, basically uncovering the research. Uh, sorry, uncovering the mystery of the kingdom while also having that perspective of the revolutionaries and possibly even learning a thing or two from Dragon. 
So Robin could end up being like the biggest power boost as well. But right. let's be honest here. The biggest one is going to be Zoro. The last one on this list. Yeah. Because the biggest twist <laughs> of this arc <laughs> was not the whole thing of like, oh, by the way, Luffy's childhood. Here it is. The twist is, you know, the island Zoro teleported to by now that we know the revolutionary Kuma. He teleported him to sword fucking master Mihawk's island. You know, Tim Burton Island is Mihawk's island. He shows up and goes, oh, sorry, Zoro beats all of the, like, the locals on the island, you know, the the, the, the The baboons that learn how to fight because they grew up with a horrible uh, surrounding, so they just learn from the humans. And Zoro goes, all right, I kicked everyone that's is here. I've beaten most people I've beaten so far, but I still am humbled enough and still fully aware I am not even close to you. And even tells Mihawk up front as he's, you know, on his knees and hands, begging him, literally going, give me training so I can learn to beat you in the future. <laughs> like, just big. <laughs> and Mihawk even last time going, like, you are so, like, brash and frank with your request. But yeah, I kind of like that. as crazy as I remember. I yeah. <laughs> I, w- I kind of wish he had the same line of, magnificent. I still love that line he said before he cut Zoro back in Verite. Yeah, that was great. Magnificent. But he doesn't say that this time, but he agrees and basically goes through man, a lot of Avatar Lost Airbender comparisons here where he does the swordsman. I think he might be saving that callback for the actual duel between them. Please let that be the final word Mihawk says before Zoro wins or some shit. Where like Mihawk's like you know, I want to see that classic anime sword crossing, you know. Exactly right. Inside of each other, like you see the shadowed face of Mihawk, shadowed face of Zoro and both of them. Mihawk just magnificent. Yeah, both of them sheath their weapons. Yeah, both of them sheath their weapons at the exact same time, casually, nonchalantly right? Like Zoro, all three of his swords and then Mihawk with his black sword and they and then finally you cut to Mihawk's perspective and he just goes magnificent and then finally you see the blood splurt <laughs> right <laughs> I, I will say one thing that you have to change to that just as a I don't know, this is my storyteller kicking him you have uh-huh. him sheath his two hand swords right but before the scene ends, you want him holding the Wado Ishimonji, since that was Queen's sword, and, you know, in the moment that he has finally become the world's best swordsman, I think you'd want him holding that sword to represent the promise they made to each other. Oh, okay, I know we're doing fanfiction live on the air, but real quick, what if, because you know how, like, another trope is the sword is destroyed, like, it's cut apart, and then they're sliced open, right? Like, slowly. Um, What if Zoro's, like, the two swords on his hands were broken off first? His one in his mouth is still untouched. Mihawk then goes magnificent. His sword then breaks. Then he gets cut, and then Zoro's <laughs> one sword in his mouth is still the one in one piece. That yeah, would still cool that too. that would be great. <laughs> oh, all right, be, all right, right. That'd be such a tragedy though to lose both of his other blades. Uh, hey, he got the childhood sword. All right, he's got the childhood sword. That's what cares to me. That's what matters to me. Those right. two swords that's, are cool that's, too. That's the most. Imp- it will always be his most important. Yes, it will be the most important one. But regardless, regardless, that's like, that's like a thousand, two thousand chapters from now for all we know. But yeah, Zoro is basically doing the Sokka swordsmanship from After All's Airbender, where he finds a sword master, teaches him up to, gets him a bit up to speed, so he has a bit of a chance in the new world. And yeah, so when I thought... Yeah, I, I would say it seems like, uh, especially with like Luffy, Zoro, Sanji, 
which I think is interesting because they clearly had the strongest showing against him also, like in Chibondi, like it's Sanji and Zoro again in Thriller Bark as well, he knew. So it's mm-hmm. it's interesting to me that he sends Sanji to his partner, Ivankov. He's like, I need to yep. send these guys to some strong, you know, like people. He's like, I'm going to send Rayleigh to Luffy and I'm going to send Zoro to Miha. It's almost as if he was a good guy all along. And yeah, got I just think he said, he said those three up for like insanely massive growth yeah. more than anything. Because we saw Ivankov off screen Sanji and he was untouched. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, looking back on it, it does look like they ended up being like in the perfect spots because Chopper ended up with the Great Library, right? Usopp is in a situation where he's with a guy friendly enough to teach him like these little, little tricks to help him work out. Uh, the only one that's like, oh, maybe Robin. What about Robin though? And it's like, well, remember the Revolutionary Army rescued him right away, if you remember. So yeah. it's like they got the intel of like, you should probably rescue this person. Very important. And then everyone else ends up being exactly where they need to be. So now looking back on that. It definitely does seem like Kuma is definitely one of the good guys. Yeah. He's still suspicious to me, though, because <laughs> it's all yes. the Kuma bots. Still very suspicious. And he's holding I, the I Bible. Think he's going to have one of the most interesting backstories in One Piece. Possibly. Possibly. Because it definitely, like, that one flashback panel of him talking to Rayleigh, immediately you're just like, oh, he's one of the good guys. He's not like this cruel warlord, this cruel tyrant that's been labeled. He's not like the, the bots, right, that we just saw in Marineford. But the, the the reason why I'm so suspicious is, I forget the character's name. It's the sumo wrestler looking guy with the oh, giant Sentamaru. axe. Yeah. What's his name? Sentamaru. Sentamaru? Yeah. He says that, oh, the Kuma you know is gone. They've all been converted to the bots. So maybe either Kuma tricks them and they think they all, you know, all the Kuma bots are, you know, part of the government now. And they lost track of the real one because they think he's just one of the robots now. Or false information. Who knows? Right. That's like, it's just theory crafting at this point. That's a raffo. So, uh, real quick. So, those are, like, the, the the big things going off here. See you in two years kind of thing. Uh, real quick, I want to be kind of skimmed over this real quick. But I do want to mention it to reinforce what we're opening up with. How the world in destabilization we get a sneak peek of what kind of what's going on because dragon reminisces in it. Right. We see the, the, the five elders, they're talking about how Blackbeard is definitely the potential to be the next emperor. Right. Um, because of this power vacuum that's going on, but he's moving fast. Like he's already taken down two super rookies. He took down Capone with this giant literal black hole attack that sucked up islands too. fucking overpowered as fuck. Uh, he took down Bonnie before she could find whoever she was looking for. Even, like, to the complete scumbaggery where it's like, you're weak, but if you be, like, my mistress, I'll let you, like, come with me. <laughs> oh, Blackbeard, I know. Yeah, well, I'm like, well, he's a pirate. Um, but I reminded Riot, or I'm like, right, he's a pirate, holy shit. But then, he gets what's coming to him, she kicks him right in the fucking face. <laughs> Even though she's tied up, chained up, she still kicks him in the face. Like, fuck Hell you. yeah, Bonnie. But I'm worried about Bonnie, because the one Navy officer who finds her is the Admiral Akainu. You know, the one... His quote. <laughs> uh, I hate how cool he looks. I hate how his like, quote was the most interesting part, which you mentioned earlier. There's there seems to be some kind of, I don't know, some kind of connection between something going on in the war and Bonnie, right? Yeah, something she, she knows. At the end of it, she's like, "Oh, this is all his fault." So she's mm-hmm. mad about something. And then now we see when Akainu captures her, he's like, "Oh man, when I heard that you escaped, sent a cold shiver down my spine." 
Yeah. So it's like, who is she? She's wanted for over 100 million berries for a reason. She's not, and not from all the food she stole. So. Right. And, and now it seems it might not be just because of her acts of piracy. There may be something else. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, I think it's this arc. Yeah, this arc, we finally get the names of all the remaining emperors. We were dropped. The name was, I think it was Kaido. Was yeah. that one of the names? Yes. So Kaido. that was a name that was dropped earlier. I think that was back in Rainford. But we also get mentioned yeah. to Big Mama. So uh, yeah. th- we, we've got, we actually gotten her name dropped, I think. Right. Big Mama. Okay. Okay. I, I, I know Maybe. we got Hancock's sure. name before she showed up. I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure about Big Mama, though. I don't, I'm Either not way. sure. But yeah, now we have them all. Big Mama. We have I them know. all for sure. White yeah, Beard and Shanks. Are, yeah. Know, and minus. Mo- yeah. And most likely Blackbeard being the Yeah. The, let's the be whole. real. Probably just going to make that Blackbeard for the fourth. But also, let's be real, Blackbird's not going to be one of the emperors. He's going to be his own or thing. Or it could potentially, as we, we learned, it could be Marco, the phoenix. It could be Marco, yeah. Because like, we got yes, the five of- elders, and they're like, ah, oh, there's yep. no one in the world that could take that role except for Maybe Blackbeard. Marco. And the one guy's like, Marco might be able to if the other might, white yeah. pirates stay with him. You know, like, if, if the white they rally yeah. behind him, then they could do it. They, they could potentially do the thing. And I'm still going, yeah, but you lost Whitebeard, though. That guy can literally cause... Like tsunamis and earthquakes worldwide, and Blackbeard yeah. has that he, power. He's definitely a very strong power player, but we definitely cannot underestimate the strength Blackbeard. of his crew. Oh, sorry, and, sorry, I mean, yeah, the remaining Whitebeard <laughs> pirates. Like, exactly. Even without him, they would still easily be one of the strongest crews in the world. I would assume. Yeah, it's not like the Frieza situation in Dragon Ball Z, where when Frieza died, then that empire went to pieces until he came back. It's like yeah, no, game over. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And this is it's like no Marco. And the Whitebeards are going to do everything they can to try and hold what territory that was under protection of Whitebeard, or, you know, quote-unquote protection. Yeah, I mean, like, if you assume the captains, like, the, the commanders are the main fighting force, they've still got eight of them, you know? Like, a lot exactly. well. But we also have to m- consider all the other super rookies that haven't been captured yet, because there's the, the, the one of the... He is one of the two super rookies that was with Luffy in that scene in Sabote. There was Kid. Law, and then there was Kid, right. Kid is the one that's, like, absolutely loving loving every second of this like Doflamingo where he's just yeah. like I'm reveling in this and I think behind him was he's like, like I chaotic think was, evil right like, yeah exactly I think in the panel where he's like declaring how fun it was going to be I think behind him was like Brownbeard being crucified or some shit like there was some figure behind him like on a like being tied up or like defeated and he's like hell yeah this is the new world motherfucker this is the new era I'm all down for it so he was excited for that yeah um, I like I like that aspect of kid he's like oh it's getting like crazy stuff's happening now's our chance to make a name for ourselves let's get it you know like yeah he's, he's about it oh and though another thing i wanted to bring up was how close does this hit to home probably more to our english listeners than to anyone else but as soon as new crisis uh, a new crisis surmounts right sengoku is going oh my god impel down is going is you know impel down is in pure chaos I'm in disagreement with how we need to ha- handle how, you know, we need to attack these escaped, escaped prisoners. Marine Ford is in shambles. I'm just going to resign. <laughs> yeah. And Garp resigned. Yeah, so Garp resigned, and Goku resigned. Or at least Goku is going to try to resign. Like he I, I went feel to... like Garp resigning makes a lot of sense there also. No, yeah, Garp resigning. After that, means... he's like, man, I'm not going to stand by in the future, and I can't be on that platform if Luffy is ever up there, you know? Like, yeah, I'm so. I'm doing that again. So that makes sense, but what I was referring to as Sengoku re- resigning was it happened back a couple of years back with Brexit, where sorry for a real world example, but when Brexit happened and the vote passed, and then you had these prime ministers just resigning or like politicians just resigning one after the other because they're like, oh shit, 
the thing we want that we're advocating for passed. Uh, I'm not ready. I, I resign formally. The new generation needs to lead us. I am <laughs> just like, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> you motherfuckers, you can't abide by with what you want. So Sengoku, you know, executes or, you know, sees the execution of Ace and then goes, I'm not ready. I'm just going to retire. <laughs> I'm going to resign. <laughs> yeah. uh, go, Akoshi is ready. Let him be the next uh, high right. admiral. Aokiji recommended for the next fleet admiral. So, and that could actually be a good thing for the Straw Hats, considering, again, he has a little soft spot for Robin in the sense of, like, I'm going to make sure, you know, uh, Jaguar's wishes are fulfilled. So maybe he has some pull here and there, uh, even more pull. Who knows? But yeah. it could, again, a lot could change in two years. Real world examples. We know a lot can happen in two years. Yeah, <laughs> Example, definitely. the last two years. So... When the time skip is done, and let's be honest, it's ninety nine percent chance it's going to be a time skip after oh, this. Oh yeah, I, right? I think I can. I'll yeah, it's a time skip. Verify this. Yeah. It's not a spoiler anymore. <laughs> At the end of yeah. this, very clear. But the very straw hat, clear. like sitting on the mountain or that little I'm, rock, you know, it's. A time I'm very, skip. I'm very curious how the government's going to look, how the new world's going to look, if uh, who of the new rookies are still going to be around, if Capone's even dead. Right, or he, maybe he's just you know somewhere lost in the new world. Maybe that black hole didn't suck him up, and just maybe he was flung away like Kuma. Who knows? It it, but, seemed, it wasn't. It was a planet or something, right? Like a moon, maybe because like I said, see, I was like a black in hole. that panel there was like a bunch of islands. islands it looked like attached to it. Yep. <laughs> well, yeah, that that's an interesting. The way, sorry. So you're saying something different. Sorry, I I assumed it was a black hole. It was Blackbeard just sucking up all the nearby like archipelago. And including Capone, right? I thought it was just that. But you saying that tells me that could be just some crazy new New World shit. That uh, yeah, my impression into. was that it was just a floating island of some kind, but I guess it has not been confirmed. So I think the reason why I thought it was, it was Blackbeard was because we literally see that and then we see Blackbeard right after. So that's why I just thought it was just Blackbeard doing some crazy shit. While also like trying to find a mistress at the same time, <laughs> like listen, I'm I'm gonna be pinging at the pirates, but it's a sausage fest in my crew right now, <laughs> and I don't think that that the prisoner I got is gonna be with me. So Bonnie, yeah. poof, just kick right in the face. But yeah, um, oh, and then we got a name drop of the commander in chief, uh, Kong. Very appropriate name. Um, right. I I I predict though, even though Sengoku is like, I'm gonna resign. That if anything, <laughs> Kong will be gone and Sengoku will be the new commander in chief. That could be a possibility. Because <laughs> again, mm, two yeah. years, two years can a lot is a lot. A lot can happen. Who knows? Right. Um. So what are you, what are you most excited to see in the the post time skip? Uh, honestly, the new looks of the Straw Hats. Um. Yeah. As I mentioned before, at the very like, much earlier in episodes, if you read with the uh the app of the Shonen Jump app. You see a banner of all the characters, but I have tried my best not to like look too closely at what they look like. I have an idea. Today's the yeah. day you get to look. Yeah, exactly. Sorry for for those listening to the episode, it'll be way past that already. But at the day of the recording, yeah, it'll be like yeah, right for, after. For those of you listening, it will have been three days ago, I think, because we're mm -hmm. actually recording this one pretty close to the release date. <laughs> it could it could be weeks or months. People don't listen on the day of release, not always. That, but, that's true, right? And that only counts people listening to it on the day of. So <laughs> yeah, so I'm very curious what the Straw Hats actually look like, and not just from like a a pre-illustrated marketing banner, right? Where it's like default poses or whatever. And even then, I'm like, uh, I don't remember who yeah, I mean, looks I'm different. Curious who... To hear your, you know, 
Well, oh yeah, we can do that next week. We can actually do. We'll talk. Now's the time to mention that because next week we're only doing the return to Shabondi arc. <gasps> very short five chapter arc. So very during short. that time, we were planning on also maybe doing like an arc rating for the pre every arc we have so far, basically kind of like in the I, first part of one piece. I will be, I will be, I'll be ready super hard, Justin. I'm going to have all my favorite villains, favorite side characters, favorite arcs, favorite, ch- <laughs> probably not yeah, very basically, chapters. So <laughs> next, the next episode we do is going to be kind of a, it is return to Shibondi, but the vast majority of it, I would say it's kind of a special where we're basically, it's going to shoot the shit about everything that's happened. Up to yeah. Rem- really, right? Remembering the old world before we dive, before we set sail into the new world, essentially. While also yeah. talking about the next five chapters, which I want to read. <laughs> which those chapters are chapter 598 up to chapter 602. Broken the 600 barrier. Oh, man. Man, we have almost spent as much time, or people that are caught up to the series have almost spent as much time in the New World as we did in Paradise and, and the East, which is insane. Yeah. I was actually asking you like post recording, or I'm like, am I at the? I'm at the halfway point, right? You're like, yeah, we're we're beyond the halfway point we're now. Past, we're at 600, and we're at chapter 1,023. Yeah, and because of that, I'm going. But because of this time skip right now, I'm going. Yeah, you're, holy shit, the time skip is just oh, going to be as long. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh man. Uh yeah, can't wait for the future. Who knows? Maybe we'll finally get to Fishman Island. Maybe? Finally? <laughs> Jinbei teasing me again before he departs? So, if anything, it'll be right after the... Oh, God. I keep saying this myself. I'm going to jinx every time. Even though it's already set in stone, essentially. Where I'm like, it's going to happen after the next five chapters. Yeah, right Just after you return guys. to Sabote, they're going to go to yeah. Fishman By the way, course. next arc, Thriller Bark 2. <laughs> I'm just like, The return fuck. of Thriller Bark. <laughs> the return of Thriller Bark. It's a boat. Who knows? Um... That, yeah, that's an interesting thing. Is Thrillbark could technically reappear at any time, anywhere. Listen, Moria's dead. <laughs> I, it would be interesting to see like a new Thrillbark, you know, like maybe just like the whole thing kind of rebuilt, redesigned, taken over by someone it, else. It is the largest ship in the ship in the world, apparently. Uh, you know who would really use it would be Don Krieg. He likes his arsenal. He likes his toys. Or but, maybe, it, there's so much you could do with it. It'd be cool to even see like a crew of giants take it over or something, you know? Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, after all, we saw Oates is Oates's brother back at Marineford, so who knows? Um, just the new world awaits. The new character designs awaits. I want to read. Justin, where can I contact you? If you want to contact me, talk about anything One Piece related, but I will say if you're only up to this point, I do not post One Piece spoilers, because I don't want Jacob to see them either, but I do post One Piece memes that are non-spoilers. <laughs> so follow me at Jitsu, J-I-T-S-Z-U on Twitter, or on YouTube, where relatively soon, within the next month or so, I'm going to start uploading our old episodes, just in audio form. Nice! want to listen on YouTube, yeah. Nice, I like that. And how that. about yourself, like if they want to catch up with you and talk about this first section of One Piece, where can they find you? If you want to see me respond to the memes Justin is sharing and he understands they're not memes or not not spoilers because we've talked about them already in our podcast, you can find me at Jacob Miranda on Twitter. That is at Jacob Miranda, J-A-C-O-B-M-E-R-E-N-D-A, all lowercase, all one word. Also, if you're listening on iTunes, Spotify, or hell, even YouTube now in the future, be sure to leave a like, comment, subscribe review we love the feedback we love responding especially for our next episode if we're gonna be asking a bunch answering a bunch of questions to ourselves 
it could yeah. be some of your reviews as too. Well, I mean, who knows? I mean, you guys yeah, got to wait. If any topics or questions you have, send them to me at Jitsu, not Jacob, just in case. <laughs> and I'll screen them in just in case to make sure there's nothing spoilery or nothing that implies too much. You know, mm-hmm. but yeah, we'd love to get some some fan feedback and get some, some recommended topics to discuss during our quote unquote free flow that we're gonna have coming out for our next. Oh, I already for I already foresee the one of the biggest questions of next episode for you to me. I already can foresee it. Of all, all right, give me the ultimate character list. Give it to yeah, me. Yeah, we, we are definitely. <laughs> I, I almost wanted to do it this week, but I think we'll wait and we'll get the straw hat ring. I I, for the I whole need to... first half next yep. week. All that whole first chunk, the whole first era of One Piece. All the right. final part one Straw Hat. Yep. <laughs> so again, right. everyone, thank you so much for tuning in every week. We hope you continue to do so in the future. 598 to 602 are the chapters for next week. And then we're also going to be discussing a bunch of old stuff. It'll be fun. See you then. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>